Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Excited Sausage Podcast for the week of Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. I'm your host, Marcus Nez, and today I've got a handful of games to talk about. Like always, no news or any of that nonsense. I don't have time for that. It's funny, I was thinking about this a few days ago. I am probably more in tune with the movie, specifically the Blu-ray news world and whatnot than I am with the gaming world. I never check gaming sites, but I check Blu-ray.com every day, multiple times per day. The recently listed and recently pre-orderable movies to see what has been announced, what is now listed as coming soon. I have various email notifications set up for certain titles that I'm really wanting to get on Blu-ray. So I am very tuned in to the Blu-ray scene, and I'm always ready and excited to be excited to be excited about new releases because there's still so many things that aren't on Blu-ray. And when I was talking to my one friend, Enchi, about it, he brought up a statistic that is most certainly true, but it's kind of shocking that there are like 255,000 DVDs out there, specifically titles, not just like total DVDs, and then 25,000 or so titles on Blu-ray, and then only 1,000 on UHD, 4K Blu-ray. And the 4K number doesn't surprise me, but the the Blu-ray number does. I 100% expected there to be a significant gap, but I would have been more assuming it would be somewhere like 250K to 100K, not a tenfold difference. And I think part of it is definitely the affinity or the just whatever reason because I think just in general these don't probably sell as well but most TV shows don't make the way don't make their way to Blu-ray they stick to DVD if they even have a physical release and then you have all the public access television-esque shows and made for TV made for movie etc type of stuff things that didn't get a big marketing push, which doesn't mean they're not good things. Good things? Good things. Uh, Like uh, Unleashed from 2016. The romantic comedy where the young lady, our star, has a, a dog and a cat who come to life. They become real boys. And it's a ridiculous premise It's really silly and stupid, but it works because everyone is so committed to their roles that it's just, it's hard to not love it for that. Man, I feel weird right now. Holy crap. I feel there is this sensation going on in me that I can't describe, but it feels very similar to something that I felt before. And it's weird. I feel like I have a baseball in my throat or something or in my face 
It feels like there's this pressure happening. I'm under pressure. And yet there's no David Bowie or Freddie Mercury here to make it seem better. It doesn't hurt. I, I'm not in pain or anything. Just so no one's uh, worried about that. It's just a weird feeling right now as I am recording this here podcast. But enough rambling on and on about stuff no one cares about. What you do care about is games. Our games. Our games? Toys are games? Toys are games? Toys are us too? <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm in a space, that's for sure. I'm definitely somewhere. But what I'll be talking about today are the games by the name of Rava and the Cyclops Curse, Weakwood Throne, Rustler, Madness Beverage, Merrick's Market, and that's it. I should have said and after Madness Beverage, but I just kept uh, looking at that title. I'm like, man, that is such a weird name for any game, but one that's not about beverages at all. It's even weirder. Let's just jump right into it with Rava and the Cyclops Curse. I played all these games on Xbox. Can't speak to their existence on other platforms, but I would assume that a good chunk of these, if not all of them, are available pretty much everywhere. Because most things are, right? Most things are. Anywho, Rava and the Cyclops Curse is a side-scrolling action platformer where you play as a wizard owl i guess you're a bird and i think you're an owl and you're wearing wizard garb and you have five different abilities with your little magic wand you have a basic projectile that just shoots straight forward and that does the most damage to enemies and regular like yellowy orange blocks you have a blue ice gun that kind of seems cylindrical it kind of reminds me of guile's whatever his attack is called then you have this red angled gun that shoots a little bit ahead of you and then angled up towards the right or left depending on where you're looking it, it angles up based on the direction your character is looking then you have a green bomb-like gun and finally not a gun but an orange ability that comes out of you in a radial form and will reveal hidden objects and hidden platforms so you might be able to reveal a hidden cloud that you can use to propel yourself to a platform you would otherwise be unable to get or find hidden blocks or blocks that are hiding hidden areas and i like all this in concept i'm not against a game trying to have you constantly switch between a bunch of different abilities in order to progress so you'll have these green blocks that can only be destroyed with your green bomb gun or these certain objects that you need to freeze and then destroy with your regular gun and so on and so forth or these hidden platforms you have to reveal with your hidden gun thing ability but it doesn't come together in part because the controls are okay but not that great and with the existence of all these abilities 
all these levels are designed in a way to find excuses to use all of the abilities. The hidden object one, for instance, is the worst offender because it it doesn't require you to think cleverly about any situation. You just pull out that ability whenever you get to a point where there's literally no other way to progress. So how else are you going to do it? Well, of course, there must be a hidden platform, right? There, there's no other way you would be able to beat it. And so you use that ability, you find out that, oh, here's a hidden cloud, and then you use that to jump and get to where you wanted to go to keep progressing through the level. And it's so much of that with all of the abilities, where it's just instead of giving you all these abilities and then putting you in situations where you have to be creative with how you get past or, or giving you multiple options or something or other, it's just an act of tedium and annoying dealing with all these things that you just have to keep switching between for the sake of wanting to have variety in your game, but not understanding that variety can also be a negative if you handle it poorly. And I think Robin the Cyclops Curse does, in fact, indeed handle it poorly. Then Weakwood Throne is an over-the-top action-adventure game where you are thrown into this world and you start off in this regular area just fighting off some blobby things and then some crabs. You make yourself, you make your way to a town and you can get some missions there. The problem is I really love the look of this game. I think it has a great aesthetic. It reminds me a lot of these children's books that I had when I was younger that my brother sent me that were Where's Waldo-esque, but not Where's Waldo. I don't think they were a series or anything special like that. I, I just think they were just random books. But they were from England, and it reminds me of that. There's a, a very pleasant feel to the look of Weakwood Throne. But actually playing it, attacking enemies and all that feels, I won't say terrible. I won't go that far, but it doesn't feel good. It is very unsatisfying to fight enemies. When multiple attack you at once, it's extra annoying. And there just wasn't anything drawing me into wanting to keep playing because I enjoyed playing it so little. And when I say little, little so little, I mean I didn't enjoy playing it at all. It, it was a slog from the very first second I started controlling my character. I knew right away that I was not going to stick with this game because I just did not like playing it. And as I continued and pressed on to see if maybe I'd get some abilities or this or that, would that would change my opinion or make it feel at least a little bit better, that never ended up happening. Then uh, Rustler is... And that's Rustler. I know I said that in a dumb way that made it sound almost like a wrestler. Rustler... R-U-S-T-L-E-R, -E is a game that so badly wants to be Grand Theft Auto, the original over-the-top versions, Grand Theft Auto 1, 2, 
and London in 1969, or also more recently Chinatown Wars, which I would love to see that get ported on modern consoles, even if it was only on Switch. I just, that game is great, and it sucks that it's locked to, I think it did get an iOS port, probably an Android one as well, but it is locked, as far as I know, to mobile and that's a DS game, right? There's, I, I don't think it's new enough to be 3DS. Either way, Rustler wants so badly to be Grand Theft Auto that it feels incredibly like it, only the setting, the theme and all that is medieval. So instead of driving around in cars and hijacking cars, you're riding horses. Instead of shooting people, you got a crossbow. You got a stick that you can whip at people and you can get new items as you progress and all that. And it's it's not that good for so many reasons. There are technical issues galore. There is... This is one of the weirdest things. There are live-action cutscenes at times, which is very reminiscent of the original Grand Theft Auto games. And in those sections, not in gameplay that I noticed, there's screen tearing. It seems super weird for there to be screen tearing in the cutscenes, but not the gameplay. So that's weird technical issue number one. Then there's just bugs in, in relation to interacting with things in the environment and stuff like that. But the problem is, one, it's not that fun to play. The controls are all right. But what I don't understand is that you have your projectile weapon your equivalent of a gun, which is the crossbow. But it is such a pile of shit weapon and so annoying and worthless to use that I don't understand why I couldn't just get a regular bow and arrow because that would be more proficient and more useful since you would be able to, with a regular bow and arrow, reload it and pull back on the string, ready to fire, without stopping to reload your weapon. In order, unless this is a broken thing that they need to fix or whatever, maybe they just think this was a good choice gameplay-wise and this leads to fun? I don't know. But in order to reload your crossbow, you have to stop moving entirely and just wait the two seconds or whatever it takes to recock your crossbow. And that makes the crossbow borderline useless because the amount of time it takes to reload it is more than enough time for an enemy to run up on you and start attacking you. So I found myself using it at the very beginning of a fight or when I'm sneaking up to take down one person. But then it was just like, okay, no more crossbow until I'm done killing everyone else and have the time to reload it. But it is so oddly Grand Theft Auto-y. It also has very, very bad writing. The writing is horrible. The humor does not land ever. And it just... It just pales in comparison to the, the games it is so clearly inspired by. And it, it has these weird things like... When you commit a crime and are being chased by the police equivalent in the game, remember, medieval setting, but 
when they are chasing you on horseback, I don't know where these fucking lights are coming from, but they're flashing blue and red lights. And it's not like they have a blue torch and a red torch. I like I don't I let them catch up to me to try and see and from what I remember, I couldn't tell what the fuck was going on and where those lights were coming from. I couldn't see the light source or like what exactly was going on there, which is weird. Then you have Pimp My Horse or whatever it is, which is basically a, a pay and spray or whatever they were called from Grand Theft Auto to change the color of your horse and everything to lose the fuzz and all that. So it's very unabashedly Grand Theft Auto. And I wanted so badly to like it because I love those Grand Theft Auto games. And we don't really see a lot of developers trying to do games like those Grand Theft Auto games. There was a, a fugitive one that I'm not sure if it played like it or not, but it, it at least had like the, the same perspective. And yeah, I'm trying to think. There just aren't really games doing that, which is a bummer because I, I love this style of play but it just isn't fun playing it it controls okay but it lacks the charm of the Grand Theft Auto games as charming as they could be at times even though depending on the one you're playing the charm is significantly lacking cough five cough five cough five five you suck God, why did five have to suck so much? But yeah, that is that is Rustler. A disappointment, probably the biggest disappointment of the week. Then Madness Beverage is an arcadey, old school, retro first person shooter in the vein of stuff like Doom, where you're going in these environments, demons are popping up all over the place. And you're tasked with shooting every single one of them. And you know what? It feels like shit. This is probably the worst feeling game of the week. I absolutely hated playing it. It was a nightmare. I couldn't wait to stop playing it. I don't like saying that. But my oh my, it felt like shit. It might feel better on PC. But with a controller, it just felt really loose and uncomfortable. And it's a bit busted in that... There was a point where I had to reset the game initially where I decided to try out the retro graphics or whatever they call them. The old school graphics, I think is how they put them in the game, which is just blurry pixels, basically. And when I did that, my right analog stick did nothing. It was as if the input didn't exist. So I couldn't turn or look up and down or anything. I could just move forward and backward and strafe and i was like is this is this how the game was supposed to be played this is weird i mean this is this is going above and beyond trying to be old school to the point of being even older school than the old school this is weird and then i switched the graphical stylings which was a bit of a pain to do in the menus because it just kind of was finicky and wouldn't let me select this setting until I did this and that and just a nightmare dealing with that. But when I turned off the retro thing, everything was fine and back to normal. And I later tried the retro aesthetic, the pixel aesthetic again, 
and it worked fine that time, but it just looks terrible, so there's no point in using that. There's also a grayscale one, which doesn't really do much of anything other than remove the color, which I guess is what you would expect. But it doesn't make certain things pop more or anything, so it didn't really lend itself, the game itself didn't really lend itself to that aesthetic. And it just feels like crap. Shooting all these demons wasn't fun. Going through the environment wasn't fun. It wasn't fun looking at the environment, exploring it in any capacity. It was just a bad experience from the very, very, very get-go. And I eventually ran out of ammo. And I died. And I was like, yep. I'm good. No more needing to play this. But not to be... Debbie Downer this whole time, Merrick's Market is not that bad. I'm not a huge fan of it because I don't like these games overall, and I think this one is kind of a really average one of them, but Merrick's Market is like overcooked and moving out, tools up, etc., where in this game, you are kind of like a blacksmith, a craftsman in olden times. And people will come with requests for like making them a belt or making them a chair or a magic wand or a pot. There'll also be customers who come in and want to haggle with you over certain goods like milk or armor or this or that. And they'll not always come out and say, this is what I want, but I'm having this problem. What can you recommend for this problem? And you have to try and figure it out. And then you go back and forth to try and find a good price that you can both agree on. And maybe that price will be the right one right off the bat. Or maybe you'll have to be doing a lot of back and forth. But then in addition to them, you have your people who come in with their requests. You do your crafting. Give them the item. Then they go over to the counter where you then pay them or they pay you why would you pay them for doing the work they pay you and when you initiate the payment process on screen pops up a very simple not quick time event but a bunch of inputs that they want you to do as fast as possible and i think that is what counts towards your tip or is the factor in how good of a tip you get because it'll be like up, up, down, down, up, up, down, up, down, up, or so on and so forth. Or just X, 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 X. I think there was one that was just like five X's in a row. But that's what you're doing. And you sprint around this little area, crafting everything. And it's okay. My problem with it is that, one, it's, it's fine for solo play. You're not going to get the best scores possible most likely, but you can do pretty well playing by yourself. The problem is, is that with the way it's set up, being the storefront and everything, half the screen is devoted to the customer area. So you're not really navigating a large space. I don't know if this changes over time if you end up in different areas, but if you're always in the same area, then you're only going to be maneuvering through half of the screen And because of that, it's pretty easy to get things done. 
And I was able to, even playing by myself, create a surplus of most any item because I would just do things in between customers showing up. And then when I give them the item, they take their time going to the counter so that they can pay for it. And it's just, it's okay. It doesn't have a lot of charm because of the medieval setting and everything. It's not that visually eye-catching or eye-popping. It's very bland in terms of its color palette. So just a lot of browns and beiges. And so it just... In a genre that is becoming more and more crowded, these coach, couch, co-op games, it lacks a distinction that can help set it out from the pack. It doesn't have a lot of opportunities for silliness either, from my experience. Having only played it by myself, of course, but when I look at other games like the one I most recently played, which I don't think was moving on. I think it was called like Get Packed or something along those lines where you were packing up a house and putting stuff on the delivery truck. There was a lot of room there for silliness in terms of the physics and ways you can interact with the objects and the whole fact that you are controlling individual limbs and stuff like that, which I thought was a bit of a uh, negative as well. But... It gave the game its own unique personality. And this game, Merrick's Market, is just another one of those games that is well-designed and controls well. It's responsive and all that. It's just, it just is. And that's ultimately its problem. It, it is fine, but is fine good enough? That's the real question. Uh, that's depending on you. I mean, if you're somebody who just eats up the these couch co-op games, yeah, have at it. Have fun with Merrick's Market. But if you only want to dabble in a few, I think it would be hard to really recommend it, unless you want something that's on the easier, more manageable side that isn't going to be more prone to bickering and arguing, because I find... Again, having only played by myself, but just the way everything is designed and everything, I think it would be a lot harder to get into those arguments and disagreements in Merrick's Market. But that is it. That is all. That is the end of the show, everyone. So with that said, I'm going to end for real. Get this weird show out of my head and out of my mouth and uh, moving on up to the east side to a deluxe apartment on the south side. I don't know the lyrics to that song. I never watched that show. What's that show called? It's not What's Happening. <laughs> I'm moving on up to... Is the title in the song? Is it? I don't think so. It's definitely not all in the family. <laughs> the Jeffersons? Is it the Jeffersons? Please tell me. Tweet at me. Let me know if it's the Jeffersons. I think it's the Jeffersons. Anywho, that will do it. That is it. That is all. Once again, 
I'm Marcus Genez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and Attack the Backlog, both of which are available on podcast services across the globe. If you'd like to see me streaming, streaming the video games, I'm currently playing One Piece Pirate Wars 4. And after that, I said definitively my next game would be Psychonauts. I don't know if I want to do that, though. I don't know. Uh, I might be a liar. But if you'd like to see me stream games on the weekdays, in the evenings, the late hours, depending on where you are, maybe it's early, maybe it's real late. But I stream weekdays from 8 p.m. Central to 11 p.m. Central over at twitch.tv slash px. Sausage. If you'd like to check out the videos I make, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage and watch them there. That is by far the best way to consume Attack the Backlog. Audio is good. Audio is good. Audio is good. But the video is better. And if you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go back to the site pixelatedsausage.com and if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. If you want a reason to support the Patreon and you like watching me stream games or you would humor watching me stream games, I have news for you. It's exciting news. I don't really want to do a lot of exclusive things or whatnot, but I figured an easy exclusive thing to do that could incentivize some people who are on the fence to join the Patreon, no matter what tier you join at, if you join, I will have a post at the beginning of every month that will go on for a week where you can suggest a game from my list of many, many, many games that I own and I'm able to stream thousands and thousands of games. And you can suggest something in the comments. And then after that first week, the second week will be for voting for all the ones suggested. And whatever ends up winning in the event of a tie, which most likely will be all the time, I will use a random number generator live on stream to show the winner, to pick the winner. And that game will then be streamed during one of the Leftover Friday streams in the month. So that is something that may get you to join for just a dollar a month. You can force me to play the worst games because I own a lot of shit. As someone who owns a lot of games, it's impossible for me not to own a lot of shit. Want to watch me play Road to Retribution? Go at it. Want to watch me play that Alzheimer's gun? (laughs) I don't know. There is some bad game called that. Vampire Rain? There's so many many bad games you can force me to play. Like whatever come after Ratchet and Clank going commando. You can force me to play a lot of bad games. And that's three hours of my life. I can't get back. So if that sounds good to you, and you don't mind chipping in a dollar a month. You can do that. Again, patreon.com slash pxs. Anywho, that will really do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. So, as always, thank you, thank you, 
Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, a wonderful rest of your week, and an absolutely lovely weekend. Bye!